Hey, what's up? And welcome back to the Call Her Blessed podcast. I'm your hostess, Rebecca Hardy. As Dylan and I have just passed this six-month mark leading up to our wedding, I've been doing a lot of grateful reflection. And I feel like, honestly, I tend to be one of those people that just kind of doesn't pause to ponder much, um, that I'm mostly, I'm very future-oriented. So I'm always thinking about, okay, what is the next thing that I need to get done? Even when I make a huge accomplishment, it's just like, okay, good, done, moving on to the next thing. And because of this, I don't always take time to reflect on the way life changes because as I'm sure you know, every single day there's so many changes that come into our lives, even just the way that our heart shifts, um, the dynamic that goes on in our families and our homes uh, with our friends, that there's always so much change happening constantly around us. So anyway, to help with this future mindset that I always have, I recently bought myself an absolutely gorgeous journal. I mean, it's humongous, it's leather, and it has these little intricate bronze clasps that keep it shut. It's not just like you clasp it on, it's like you even have to do this little like interlocking hook and needle thing. It's really cool. There's also just imprinted on the front of it this gorgeous image of the, the tree of life. And the whole thing just really has all these little carvings in it. It's it's just glorious. And just to give you an idea of how like serious and beautiful this looks, when Dylan saw this new journal, he asked me if I'm about to write the next Hobbit tale, um, if that gives you any idea of how to picture this. Um, if you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, I would suggest you do that before even finishing this podcast, because if what I just said didn't make any sense to you, that's just really, it's sad. Um, that movie is a work of art. But back to my journal. Um, the format that I use when I journal is that I write letters to God, and I just write to God about everything going on in my heart and my life. And this is honestly the best way for me to keep up my relationship with God because writing has always been my thing. It helps me to put words to my feelings um, and to really discern the movement of the Holy Spirit in my life. It also keeps me in check with gratitude because journaling always makes my prayer life more specific because if you have to write something down, you can't just say, you know, God, please help me to feel better. I mean, you can say that obviously. Um, but usually we'll say, you know, God, I have been feeling upset because of X, Y, Z. Please help me to, you know, have the patience to deal with it or please change my situation, you know, deal with it, God, the way that, that you want to. So this also makes me more attentive to those moments where my prayers are answered all in all, 100% recommend that if you've never tried journaling, pick it up for the next week and just see what it does for your prayer life. I ordered my journal on Amazon, but it was originally from Etsy, so it's from an independent seller that was on Amazon. But I'm sure we all have different tastes. There's a journal that would really speak to you. Maybe you already have one. But I would say make it something that you're excited to journal and make it a really nice journal. So the other day as I was journaling, I was just thinking about how much I love the relationship that Dylan and I have built together. And I'm sorry if you're single and you're hearing that, you're probably like, shut up, you know, like, get over it already. Glad you're happy, but I don't need to hear it. But over the past years, we have both definitely put the work in so that we could get to a place like this. This wasn't, you know, a walk in the park. And we still have a lifetime of work to put in in the future. But it's easy to see that we are not where we were when we started. A phrase that's thrown around a lot by Christian speakers and Catholic speakers is make sure you aren't settling. Don't settle. And my whole life, I used this as a litmus test for whether something was good or not. This question of am I settling is one that can bring clarity, 
but it's also one that can bring harm depending on your understanding of it. I think it's it's such a vague question or statement that it's just, you know, what do I even make of this? And I think the worst way that we can take this would be like to think that if this person isn't my type to a T the second that I meet them, or if they aren't the height that I have imagined my future husband to be, and the list goes on and on, you know, we have all these little things that we think. If we follow this model, we are bound to discover the truth that relationships do not come ready-made. And I know this might be hard to hear, but every person that you'll meet in your lifetime is an imperfect sinner who has lived their whole life without you there to influence them. Um, my friend Allie, who has practiced marriage counseling for years and is just a devout, beautiful Catholic woman, she once told me, she said, everyone is going to have issues. You have to figure out what you can put up with. For those of you who haven't listened to my podcast about lists and how they can help us to date more intentionally, go back and listen to that one to help you out with this one. And this can help you to formulate what your idea of settling is. It will be different for everyone, but what are your non-negotiables? For me, a few things that weren't negotiable when I knew I wanted someone to, you know, be my future partner in life. Um, I wanted someone who wasn't bringing any form of addiction into our relationship, someone who was willing to live chastity with me, someone who I could laugh with, someone who had a lifestyle that didn't pull me away from God, and someone who I could trust with my heart, not a reckless person. This was what I wanted for my life. And while I have many other desires in my heart, trust me, you know, I'm good at making lists, I'm good at imagining things. These were the big ticket items that I had. And on our first date, I saw that Dylan was gentle and he didn't say anything that raised the alarm in my heart. We talked for a while on our first date. I mean, we really, for hours, we, we walked around and we talked, we played mini golf, but the whole time we were talking and I really was able to see that I liked who I was seeing. You know, I liked this person that I was coming to get to know. And over the next weeks and months, when we hit those points of friction where our opinions differed or if we hurt one another's feelings, we grew. And as we continue to grow every day because we listen to one another, because of who we both are as people, we are each even more dedicated to making sure the other one feels loved. So anytime one of us transgresses that, we talk. And I know it can be hard to talk about feelings, but the right person will make it easier. As Dylan well knows, the last thing that I ever want to do is say that I'm upset. And especially, even if I can make myself say why I'm upset, it's hard to articulate why. And, I, you know, I'm much more of just this brooding, silent type. Um, but because of the way that Dylan is with me, I know that he not only cares about my feelings, but that he will be gentle with them. Even if I'm embarrassed about the way I'm feeling, even if it's something that I know is not about to make too much sense, he gives me the courage to speak my mind and to ask for what I want. And I would also like to say that I do the same for him. I mean, you can ask him the next time you see him, but since we're always on each other's team, I know that our differences don't serve as a threat, that they oftentimes are sources of humor for us, that, that we laugh together. But that's something that takes work. And looking at the way Jesus chose his apostles should really teach us a lesson. It's interesting because all of the apostles came from, you know, they had these different temperaments and backgrounds, and most of them were low to middle class people with very little education or position in the world. In every way, the apostles were people who could have been easily overlooked looking through the eyes of the world. 
But the Lord saw their hearts, their dedication, their desire to love him, their desire to follow him, their openness. And as Jesus shared his heart with them, they learned how to love him better and how to be loved by him. Jesus invested so deeply in these apostles. And look at what happened. I mean, they they dedicated their lives to spreading the message of his church. Even if they had some rough times, and even if we see the times that they failed, they still gave the rest of their lives over to Jesus as their Lord and God. And so when we're tempted to take on this worldly view and judge people by things other than the heart, we may miss so many beautiful opportunities. And I want to encourage you to look more for goodness, truth, openness, love, respect, you know, dedication to you and your heart over and above looking for, you know, wealth, status, education, influence. Our external attributes can change. Someone who is physically attractive today may not be as physically attractive in 30 years. Someone who has a good job can lose that job. Someone who you have insane chemistry with might also have insane chemistry with everyone else they meet. These things are not bad things. These things are what I would call the icing on the cake. So they're nice to have, but if the cake itself underneath is rotten, then the icing won't really save it. If you understand what I mean by that, if that's a good image for you. But this is why we go deeper. We go foundational. We ask those questions. Is this person someone who is generous, kind, open to God? Do they lift me up or do they tear me down? Does this person have a goodness to them? Does this person treat me respectfully or selfishly? Does this person take care of themselves? These questions will help us way more in the discernment process of a relationship. Of course, we have one other question, which you might find even tougher to swallow, but I think it's important when we're talking about what we're looking for in other people. The question that should actually precede that is, am I living my life in such a way that a good, kind virtuous, loving person is the kind of person that I would attract? Is it the kind of person that I would even want? At times in my life when I was more focused on having a good time and partying and, you know, less focused on forming myself into a virtuous woman, I know that I had zero appreciation for anything that would challenge me or make me look deeper. Even if I could say, you know, that's really nice that that person's like that, I wouldn't necessarily say, wow, that's what I want for my life. You know, that is something that I am really drawn to. I was more drawn to something that seemed fun or exhilarating or, um, you know, breathless. I've heard it said, this phrase, that if you want to find your Joseph, you have to be Mary first. And I think you can understand what that means. You know, that if you look at St. Joseph and you're like, oh man, I want a man like that, that he was with the Blessed Mother, so that's the kind of woman that ends up with a man like Joseph, you know, you catch my drift. Um, but I'll say that one way we can view this is that you have a way better chance of finding what you're looking for if you yourself are striving to be that thing. You want someone who loves God and treats their neighbor right? Then you better get to loving God and treating your neighbor right. Let's do that self-work. Let's strive toward virtue, strive toward holiness, grow our relationship with God so that these things that would distract us from him won't even have the room to inch their way into our lives. And just know that I'm praying for you in this search and in this pursuit. And not to get so bogged down with the expectations of the world as far as settling goes, to know that a good heart is worth more than any good job in the entire world and that a good man will always be something better 
than a man who has status or education or renown in the world that someone who will take care of your heart is more important than someone who will look good. All right, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, I want to thank you for the person on the other end of this podcast. I pray for their pursuit of their vocation in this life. I pray for their families and their friends. I pray that you would give them peace of heart, that no matter what the world might be speaking into them right now, that your voice would be louder, and that you would call them deeper into a virtuous life lived by your side. And I pray all of this in your most holy name and through your blessed mother. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. I hope to talk to you again very soon and see you at the next one.